0: Um, I would like to invite up um, Nagar, Prabhav, Mario and Michelle. And we're going to do our Bible reading in five different languages this morning. Can I get it? I think there was excitement there. That's great. Um, If you are following along in the English Bibles, it is page 581. If you've got the Chinese English Bible, then it's 800- and seventy-three. Um, Nagar, do you want to come first? Do you want to tell us um, what country you're from and what language you will be doing the Bible reading in?
1: I'm Iranian and uh, I'm from Iran and uh, my language is Farsi or Persian.
0: Fantastic. Well, would you like to do the, the Bible reading in Farsi for us? I got my book. That's <laughs> okay.
1: و ما را مبارک سازد و نور روی خود را بر ما متجلی فرماید تا راه تو در جهان معروف گردد نجات تو به جمیع امتها ای خدا قوم ها تو را همد گویند جمیع قوم ها تو را همد گویند امتها شادی و ترنم خواهند نمود زیرا قوم ها را بنصاف انصاف حکم خواهی نمود و های جهان را هدایت خواهی کرد Ekhodo, Kom ho, Toro ham Guyan, Jamia Kom ho, Toro ham Guyan, Ango Samin, Masu Lodro ho had dot, Bahhodo, Hodoyamor, Moborek, Moro Moborekho had far mood, Hodomoromoborekho had far mood, Batamomia Axoy Jahan, Azuho hand terseet.
0: Thank you. Um Prabhav, where are you from and which language are you doing the Bible reading in?
2: I'm from India. And I am going to read the Bible in Hindi. Okay, yeah. Bhajan Sahita Sadzat Parmeshwar humper anugrah kare aur humko Ashishte, te Va humper apne mukka prakash chamkaye Jisse teri gati prithvi par aur tera kiya hua uddhar saari jatiyo mein jana jaye He Parmeshwar, desh desh ke log tera dhanywaad kare Desh desh ke sab log tera kare राज्य राज्य के लोग आनंद करें और जय जयकार करें क्योंकि तू देश देश के लोगों का न्याय धर्म से करेगा और पृथ्वी के राज्य राज्य के लोगों की अगुवाई करेगा हे परमेश्वर देश देश के लोग तेरा धन्यवाद करें देश देश के सब लोग तेरा धन्यवाद करें भूमि ने अपनी उपज दी है परमेश्वर जो हमारा परमेश्वर है उसने हमें है परमेश्वर हमको दे का और पृथ्वी के दूर-दूर देशों के Thank you very much.
0: Um, Mario, would you like to tell us where you are from and what language you will be doing the Bible reading in today?
1: I am from Colombia and I'm reading in Spanish. South American Spanish is, is different to than European. Thank you. Dios tenga misericordia de nosotros y nos bendiga. Haga resplandecer su rostro sobre nosotros para que sea conocido en la tierra tu camino, en todas las naciones tu salvación. Te alaben los pueblos, oh Dios, todos los pueblos te alaben. Alégrense y gócense a las naciones, porque juzgarás los pueblos con equidad y pastorarás las naciones en la tierra. Te alaben los pueblos, oh Dios, todos los pueblos te alaben. La tierra dará su fruto, nos bendecirá Dios, el Dios nuestro. Bendiga a Dios y témalo todos los términos de la tierra. Amén.
0: Thank you. And Michelle, where are you from and what language are you going to be Doing the reading in today. I'm from Taiwan. I'm going to read in Chinese. Um, yes, yeah, sure, thank you. Shen and Thank you very much. Thank you very much to all our readers. Let's give them a British thank you. Um, and I'm Liz, and I'm from Britain, and I'm going to be doing the reading in English. So Psalm 67, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy for your rule, the people with equity and guide the nations of the the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. I would like to welcome Rich up, who is going to talk to us from that passage. Um, And Rich, you want to start with what, what a country you're from?
3: Well, I should say g'day. And I, I just brought a little prop here. Is my Aussie hat. I'm not going to wear this for the whole talk, but um, that's my Aussie hat. Because in Australia, the sun is very bright. And so this is my Aussie hat. I did have one with corks on it, but I couldn't find that hat. So I'm sorry. Also, I apologize because I'm losing my voice, which is a strange thing to be preaching when you're losing your voice. But there you are. That's today. So pray for me. Please. And um, just want to also welcome all of you who are visitors here today, especially uh, iCafe visitors. Just want to start by seeing if you can raise your hand, we'll see who is here from different places in the world. So let's start from Europe. Who is here from Europe, the continent of Europe? Okay. Roughly half, almost half, which is what you would expect since we're in Europe. Okay, what about, um, let's go with Western Asia, Central Asia, Russia, who's from that region of the world? Middle East, yes, across into, say, Iran, yes, brilliant, welcome, welcome to you. What about uh, Southwestern Asia, India, uh, Pakistan, this area, yep, brilliant, welcome, East Asia, China. Southeast Asia, Thailand, Singapore, welcome all of you. Brilliant. North America, Mexico. Uh, uh, anyone? Brilliant. <laughs> Central America, South America. Who's here from? Brilliant. Welcome. Um, Australia, New Zealand. We Austra- Aussies are very happy to include Kiwis among our <laughs> continent. Brilliant. There are some from every continent here. I hope I haven't missed a continent. Antarctica, but nobody... Africa! (laughs) I've missed a whole continent. The first one in the alphabetical order. Welcome. Do you know, I'm going to say this later, but I'll say it now. Do you know the gospel went to Africa before it went to Europe? Did you know that? Uh, We'll look at that shortly, but isn't that magnificent? So... We are here talking about Psalm 67. Now, imagine the Olympic Games opening ceremony. Have you you seen the Olympic Games opening ceremony? And all these different countries march in to the stadium one by one. Which which, which country comes first? The host nation comes first, don't they? Or is it Greece? I always get confused. I think the host nation comes first and one comes last. But here the host nation come in. And followed alphabetically are all the nations of the world. Some of them have a larger team, some a smaller team, but they're all there. Some of the nations we may not have even heard of. And they all march in and gather around in the stadium. And then there's a lot of um, celebration, there's a big party, and everybody's welcome, and everybody's uh, having a great time. Now, in a sense, that is the picture of Psalm 67. Psalm 67. That God's kingdom is about all the nations of the world coming in and rejoicing in the reason they're there. Which is not sport. It's the God that they worship. And the host nation, as we'll see, is the nation of Israel. The story of God's salvation comes through this nation of Israel to us and through us to the whole world. So, question for you. Do you know what God's heart is for you? Do you know what God's heart is for you? What's his desire for you? And what is God's desire for the nations of the world? Well, I hope that you'll be excited about both because that's what this psalm teaches us to be, excited about both. I'll just put the outline here up on the screen. God's, we put the, uh, sorry, we don't have, so the, another glitch today is my slides didn't properly work. So I have to get used to that. First one, God's desire for his people. That's the first one, God's desire for his people. So if you're in kids club and you've got your notebook, you can write this down. First one, God's desire for his people. Second one, God's heart for the nations. And the third one, God's passion for his glory. God's desire, God's heart, God's passion. First one, God's desire for his people. What is God's attitude to you? How does God feel about you? This is a very important question. What would you say? Does God like you? If you're a Christian, is God happy with you or is he displeased with you? Is he frustrated with you? Does he want your best? or does he not really care? This is a very important question, and we'll see that the answer to this question today is that God is very passionate about you being eternally joyful, happy forever. That's his desire for you. He's passionate about that. Now, we don't feel that sometimes when things go wrong, or when we feel rejected, or when we're failing or when we sin but it's true the truth is this and if you remember one thing today remember this God wants to bless his people God wants to bless his people he's very passionate about that he's very committed to that he wants to bless his people he's always working for the blessing of his people do you believe that About yourself if you're one of God's people does God want to bless you the Bible says he's passionate about that have a look at verse 1 on the screen may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us now you might ask well this is actually not God saying it this is God's people saying it but this is God's word And I wonder if you've seen these words before or heard them before. Have you heard these words before? When have you heard them? Kids, do you know, when when have you heard these words before? God bless you, keep you, make his face shine on you. Laura? I'm sure there is. We say it, yes, yeah, we do. We say it at the end of church sometimes too, or baptisms. It comes from the Bible. If you want to turn to Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 to 27, we'll have a look. And you can see these exact words. While I get a drink, you might like to turn there. And this isn't actually God's people saying at this time. This is God telling Moses to say it to the people or telling Moses to tell Aaron, his brother, to say it to the people. He says, the Lord says to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you. And keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And in verse 27 it says, So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. So it's proven, isn't it, that God wants to bless his people. That's where verse 1 comes from in our psalm. It comes from here. May the Lord bless us and keep us and make his face shine on us so your ways may be known on all the world. What does it mean to be blessed? What would you say? What does it mean to be blessed? When you think of a blessed person, what do you think of? Maybe someone who's healthy and happy or maybe lucky or everything's going well for them. What does it mean in the Bible to be blessed? It means that God's face is smiling on us, that God's favour is with us. Now, for the Israelites, it also meant other things. Living in their land, in the Old Testament, it meant uh, good crops and protection from enemies and no disease and things like this, physical things. But actually, the best blessing in the Bible, the best blessing that God offers is the blessing of himself and his favor smiling upon you. Now, if you are God's child, then God smiles upon you and you have the best blessing of all. God offers us that. Now, recently I was in hospital in the emergency room with an arm injury and two of my friends, who took me to the hospital happened to be pastors and so the nurse who was doing my arm was in a bit of trouble because she asked us what we do and so we explained and she was actually very interested in finding out why we were pastors and all of this at first she didn't believe us she thought we were just teasing her but it turned out it was true and here we were uh, explaining to her the gospel message and she was interested but she was resistant as well. She wanted to talk about it, but she didn't want to embrace it. And then one of us said this, imagine your creator, the one who made you, loving you so much that he calls you his dearly loved daughter. Wouldn't that be amazing? And actually at that point, she thought, wow, that would be amazing. And I do want that. That was the part That gripped her. And you know, if you believe in Jesus, if you trust in the Savior that God sent into the world, then God calls you a son or a daughter. This is why we call the message of Jesus the gospel, the good news that God smiles upon His children and calls them His children. How would your life be different if you believed that and if you knew that was true of you? That your creator called you a son or a daughter. If you went through every day believing and knowing that was true, how would it change your life? Wouldn't it be wonderful? Well, if you're a Christian, that is true of you. God wants to bless you. Why? Think about Numbers 6.27, which we have on the screen. God says, I will put my name on them. I will put my name on them. Now think about a king who has one son. What does that king want to do for his son and heir? He wants to his son to inherit his kingdom. He's going to do everything to protect his son and to do good to his son. Now, this is true of you and me. Now, you might ask, well, I can see that the Bible says this about the Israelites, but how is it true for me? Why is God's blessing to the Israelites true of me? We're going to see why this is true. So, Galatians chapter 3, if you'd like to turn there, we will see. And it all has to do with God's promise to a person. Now, in the Old Testament, in Genesis chapter 12, God made a promise to one man. Put up your hand if you know who this important man is, that God chose. Graham, who is that man? Abraham. Thank you. Abraham wasn't important because he did everything right. He didn't do everything right. He was important because God called him and made a special promise to him. And God said this to Abraham, and it's one of the most important promises in the Bible. Uh, And I'll just tell you what the promise is from Genesis 12. And he says, I will bless you, Abraham, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing to the whole world, and all the nations of the world will be blessed through you. Have we got all of those words here, Leckie? Here it is on the screen. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and your name will be a blessing to the whole world. And so God chose this man, Abraham, to be a blessing. Okay, and Abraham was the father of Isaac, who was the father of Jacob. And Jacob had 12 sons, and they became the 12 tribes of Israel. And they multiplied and became a great nation of Israel. But how does this apply to you and me? Well, have a look at Galatians chapter 3. And here, the Bible teaches us who are Abraham's children today. Very important question. Who are Abraham's children today? Is it still just Jews? Just the people of Israel? Well... The New Testament teaches us it's more than that. Understand then, verse 7, that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw, meaning God's word looked ahead and saw, that God would justify, meaning declare, call not guilty, justify, call not guilty, the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. Now, I'll just rephrase that. It's saying that the Bible said long ago that God would declare not guilty all of those who put their trust in Jesus. Gentiles means people who are not Jews. That means all of you and me. Are there any Jews in the room? So we're all Gentiles here. And the Bible says that God would declare not guilty all of those who put their trust in him. And that's the good news he announced to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. All of those who have faith. Now, we can have faith in lots of different things. People had faith in the Titanic, but it sunk. What he's talking about is faith in Jesus Christ. Have a look at verse 14. And verse 14 of Galatians 3 says this. He, that's Jesus Christ, redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Isn't this wonderful? So, what does that mean? If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, Abraham's blessing comes to you, and you are declared a child of Abraham. You receive God's promise of blessing. Isn't that wonderful news? Now, those words there, he redeemed us, are very important. How did this happen? God sent his son into the world to die on a cross to pay for our sin and our shame and our guilt and turning our backs on God. And Christ came into the world, died on a cross to take that penalty on himself so that you and I could put our trust in him And God would declare you right before him. Isn't that wonderful news? Not because of trying to be a good person, but because of his grace and his goodness and his kindness to you. And so it says in John chapter 1, 14, all those who believe in Jesus, God gives the right to become children of God. So have you put your trust in Jesus? He's the saviour of the world. The Bible says that you can receive the promise given to Abraham through faith in Jesus. Wonderful news. All right, second big point here, the second and third are shorter. God's heart for the nations. One more question about blessing. Is it right for us to seek blessing? Would you say, is it right for us to pray to God for blessing? Yes, we see that in the psalm. But it depends on the blessing we're praying for often we talk about blessing just being money or health or physical things but God wants us to pray for the blessing that doesn't end with us but goes through us to the world it's important if we think that God blessing us just means success in this world we're going to be disappointed because things don't always happen that way do they And if we start thinking that blessing means everything going right for me, then we'll think when it doesn't go right for me that God doesn't love me. God wants to bless us with a bigger plan in a bigger way than just that. His plan is bigger even than you. God's plan extends to the whole world. I wonder if you've ever heard of the words, pay it forward. Have you ever heard of that? It's like pay it back but with a twist. There was actually a movie about it, I'm not sure it was a very good movie, but there's a movie called that where a boy gets this idea, everyone in the class has to come up with a a project idea, and his is to start this kind of movement of pay it forward. Actually Benjamin Franklin had the same idea, he wrote a letter to someone and said, I'm going to lend you this money, but I don't want you to pay it back, I want you to do the same thing for someone else. Hopefully they will do the same thing for someone else and a lot of good will come through this one gift. And actually that's the way God wants us to think about the blessing he's given us. We don't pay it back to God, but he wants us to pay it forward in the world. Have a look at verse 1 and 2, back to our psalm. Why Why do we pray that God would bless us? God be gracious to us and bless us. and Make his face shine on us. Why? So that your ways may be known on all the earth, your salvation among all nations. Why does God want to bless his people? So that the whole world will know him. So that the whole world will be blessed. That's God's heart for the world. It's... It's the same idea of Abraham. God blessed him so that he would be a blessing to the world. If you receive Abraham's promise, that's what God wants you to be. God wants you to be blessed, to be a blessing. That's what it means to have Abraham's blessing. If the gospel has taken root in our hearts, then we will have a concern for the nations of the world. If the gospel has gripped us, then we will have a love For the nations of the world, we will want the nations to worship God. Have a look at verses 3 and 5 on the screen or in your Bibles. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. Same thing in verse 5, exactly, repeat it. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. This is a passion that this writer has for the nations to praise God. We want the nations to know God. Why? Have a look at verse 4. What is God like? What kind of God is he? Verse 4. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity, justice, fairness, and guide the nations of the earth. So God is a good king. He's a just king. And I saw when Mario was reading out in Spanish, the word for guide there, if I'm not mistaken, is, has the word pastor in it. Is that right, Mario? Where are you? Oh, I got that, which means shepherd, right? So God is a shepherd. He's a shepherd of people. He's a just king, but he's also a shepherd of the people. He's a good king. We want the world to know God's ways. Have a look at verse 2. So your ways may be known, your salvation may be known in all the world. God is gracious and merciful and forgiving. Now this is different to the view that the world has about God. How does the world view God? Angry, not happy, gloomy, frustrated. What's the truth of the Bible? Look at how God's people respond when they know him. May the nations be glad. And sing for joy do you know that the God is the happiest being in all the universe it's true God is the happiest being in all the universe what's the second fruit of the Spirit fruit of spirit love joy why God is love he's also the happiest being in the universe think about that he's not gloomy he's incredibly glad And what the gospel does is it brings us into relationship with the happiest being in the universe. That's what the gospel does. And John Piper says this, God is the happiest being in the universe. God has designed for his happiness to be shared. So he sends his son into the world to remove all the obstacles. And God sends us into the world to make the nations glad by spreading the gospel to all the world. So God's plan is for the gospel to go to every nation of the world. Jesus said himself in Matthew chapter 24 the gospel will go to all the nations and then the end will come and so Jesus isn't going to return until the good news spreads to every nation Now in Revelation chapter 7 we have a picture where John has his vision, you don't have to turn there, he has a vision of all these nations worshipping God around God's throne and it says people from every tongue and tribe and language and nation, tribe, language, people and nation. Now the word there for nation is, sorry the word there for tribe is ethnos, every ethnicity and so people who sort of think about God's plan and mission in the world talk about people groups. What's a people group? A people group might not just be a whole country because within a country you might have lots of different languages and tribes and people who are separated from each other and so they're classified as different people groups. Now the gospel, God's plan is to spread according to the Bible, the good news to every single people group and tribe in all the world. And that's why people go into places like New Guinea, into the jungle, and try to reach every tribe with the gospel. And actually, there are about in the world 11,500 people groups and over 6,000 of these are still unreached. Now, how do we classify unreached people groups? It's people without a church. There might be Christians in that group, but it's groups without a church that can reach that place, with their group with the gospel. It's people without a self-sustaining church. They need to rely on outside help. For example, Japan is classified as an unreached people group, even though very large. Turkey is one of the largest unreached people groups. Even though there's Christians there, it's classified. Now, there are some with no known Christians. They might be small tribes or very large. But we have lots of work to do. And actually, most of the work to do is in a section of the world. I'm sorry, I don't have a map. But just if you want to close your eyes and imagine a map of the world. And imagine a a box drawn around the part of the world between 10 degrees north and 40 degrees north. This is called the 1040 window. That box includes North Africa and it includes Turkey and Central Asia and India, right across to the east Southeast Asia and China. And in that section of the world are about 40% or more of the world's population. I think it's more than that actually. But they have the least access to the good news of Jesus. And so people who study God's plan and mission in the world pray a lot and want to send people into these places of the world where the gospel is least known. And it's actually helpful for us to pray for unreached people groups. There are websites. A great one is, for example, called the Joshua Project, where you can find out about any kind of unreached people group in the world and it gives you prayer points. Operation World is another one, Open Doors is another one, and we can find out. And actually, it helps us to see what God's doing in the world. And there are very sad and terrible things happening, but we can see how gospel opportunities are coming through them. I'll give you an example. Take the nation of Yemen. The nation of Yemen, at the bottom of the Arabian Peninsula, has about 29 million people. That's more people than in Australia. Seven million more people than in Australia. Actually, Yemen has uh, about 28 unreached—sorry, 28 people groups—and 20 of these are unreached, and about 10 of them are some of the least reached people groups in the world. Now, there's a very sad and tragic war happening in Yemen at the moment. Now, we don't wish that to happen, but actually, refugees are coming out of Yemen. So there's a gospel opportunity that wasn't there before to reach people that we couldn't reach. And isn't it wonderful to be in a place like Manchester where all the nations are coming into Manchester and we have the opportunity to share the gospel with people from every nation. So we have a hard but an important joyful job to do. Now some might say, isn't this imperialism? Isn't this just the West? Subjecting other cultures to Western culture. I want to answer this by saying Christianity, and this is very important, Christianity is not a Western religion. Christianity is not a Western religion. Think about Abraham. Where was he from? He was from Ur, which is present-day Iraq. Abraham was from Iraq. And as I said before, the gospel came to an Ethiopian man before it ever came to a European. The gospel is not a Western religion. In fact, white Western people are in the minority among global Christians. Do you know that recently the the dominant numbers of Christians in the world have shifted to the Southern Hemisphere? Did you know that? Most Christians in the world are now in the Southern Hemisphere. Do you know what continent they're on? South America. They're not in the West. They're not in Europe or in North America. The gospel is a religion for all. It's good news for all peoples of the world. So we need to understand this. Another thing I'll say about this is Christianity does not ruin a culture or make it Western in fact when the good news enters a culture in the right way it actually brings out the best in that culture. Why? Because God made every culture. God is the creator of all cultures of the world. There is no one right culture. We celebrate the diversity of every culture and so God is the creator and so when we get brought back into relationship with God actually the best is brought out in that culture. I've seen that in Christians in uh, Thailand, I've seen it in my own culture, in my own life, How God has changed me, How God has changed things in my family because of the gospel. I've seen it in uh, an Aboriginal family and a ministry he had in North Queensland, an Australian Aboriginal family, had a wonderful ministry amongst these kids. And you see how the gospel can change every culture for the better. What motivates us to take the good news to the world? Have a look again at verse 3 and 4. It's the the desire that all the nations of the world will praise God and be glad and sing for joy. All right, finally, God has a passion for his fame. A long time ago, I was a teacher, high school teacher, and I was in the north part of Australia with the pointy part, if you can think of a map. And uh, I was there in a remote town called Cooktown. And I was at the beach one day, and there was a... A lady from Israel, a tourist who happened to be there, and she said something strange to me. She said, "How can you live here?" And I'm like, "What do you mean?" And she said, "It's the end of the world. How can you live here?" Which is—I didn't know how to answer her really, but it struck me as I thought about it. Isn't it interesting that someone from Israel would be telling me, "I live at the end of the world," and it made me think. God is actually doing what he said he would do, that the gospel would go to the ends of the earth and that all people would know him. God is actually doing it. Have a look at verses 6 and 7. It says here, The land yields its harvest. God, Our God blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. And actually in other translations it says, God blesses us, and all the ends of the earth will fear him. It's going to happen. It's certain. Now, question here is, what do we mean by fear? Are we talking about being afraid of God? Well, that doesn't make sense, does it? Because we've just said, may the nations be glad. So what kind of fear are we talking about? If you come into a relationship with Jesus then you don't have fear of punishment anymore. God is amazing and mighty and to be revered and held in awe and honor. But we no longer fear punishment, but we worship him and we revere him. And so that will happen. People from every nation will come into relationship with God. It says in another part of the Bible, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will fuel the earth as what? As the waters cover the sea. And I heard someone say once, that's pretty good coverage. The waters cover the sea pretty well. There's not a spot missing. And so the the knowledge of God's glory will fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. That should drive us to pray with confidence and ask God to send out workers into all the world. And someone once told me, when you start praying for God to send out workers into the world... The first thing he'll do is send you. It may not be to another country, but he'll send you out. Now, the times, this should drive us to prayer. The times when I feel most encouraged, the times when I feel most certain I'm on the winning side, is when I get together with people and pray for the nations. And I feel most encouraged that God is at work. Prayer, as it's often been said by many people in the past, is the greatest weapon we have for the spreading of the gospel in the world. Everybody, all of us, educated, not educated. Wealthy, not wealthy. We can pray. All of us can pray. It's the greatest force in the world today is prayer. So we're challenged to pray. So as a life group, personally, get into praying for unreached people groups. Start praying for our mission partners. Let's pray for the unreached peoples of the world. And second, I'll say this. What is going to be the most attractive thing to the world as they hear the gospel? What's going to be the thing that's most gripping to people when they hear the gospel? What what do they need to see in us? They need to hear the gospel, but they need to see in us this gladness in God. What's going to make the gospel most attractive is when they see you singing for joy, when they see you praising God, As it says here, when you delight in God, then the nations will see what a great God he is. When the UK sees God's people delighting in him, then they'll see what a treasure we have in Christ. So we need to be most of all glad in God. What's going to make us the best people who spread the gospel, most effective at that? Not guilt, not trying harder, but being glad in God. Being glad in God, being worshippers of the happiest being in the universe. So I'm going to finish by reading this psalm once more through and then we'll pray. Let's read it. I'll, I'll read it out. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on all the earth, your salvation among all nations May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. The land has yielded its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. God blesses us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we pause to think about this truth, that you are the happiest being in the universe and we rejoice. Lord, what a wonderful thing that the God who made us is the happiest being in the universe. We praise you for that. We praise you that you removed every obstacle so that we could have relationship with you. You sent your son into the world to pay for our sin and bring us back to you. I pray for all here that they will put their trust. in Jesus' name. Amen.